deacons. Okay, so I'm just going to spend uh, a few minutes just trying to unpack deacons. So a bit of context. We've been talking as elders about this for uh, a fair while. Uh, we then announced at our church family meeting a couple of weeks ago our intention to start appointing elders. Um, and so, amazing. That's why that's why team is so helpful. I was going to spring some new elders on you, Steve, um, just just right now. Uh, deacons, yes. You need buzzer. You need like a buzzer, don't you? Like, oh, you said the wrong word. Okay, deacons. We are our intention to start appointing deacons. So I just want to uh, just lay out, or we really want to lay out some scriptures just so that we're rooted biblically in what are deacons you know what um what does the bible say they are what's their purpose um we've got the office of elder um in the bible so we get an idea of what does that mean from the bible but there's also this office of a deacon um a deacons and so it's good for us to be rooted biblically on what uh, in what a deacon is first and foremost deacon is a servant so the word deacon is just one who serves um and in essence, we are all to be people who serve. Uh, we serve Jesus, ultimately. We serve one another. But there's also this idea of someone who maybe serves um, in a unique way within the life of the church. And the, the, this word deacon is used for that. So turn with me. I don't know if we, we're probably not going to get to Romans on this. We'll do the, we'll do, maybe we'll do my bit next time because we've got Romans in a couple of weeks' time again. But... Acts chapter 6, turn with me there, verses 1 to 7. So uh, there's the birth of the church, as you read about in the early chapters of Acts. Jesus died, he's risen again, he's gone to be with the Father, he's seated at the right-hand side, he's finished his work, okay, and he sat down. He's finished his work, he sat down, it's complete, Okay. Then the church, the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit comes, acts, um, that documents just the, time and time again, people being filled with the Spirit, empowered with the Spirit to fulfill the work that God calls his disciples to, which is to go into all the nations and make disciples, make disciples in your neighborhoods, make disciples into the nations, go, and you're going to need my help uh, to do it. Um, you then get the growth of the church, thousands of people being saved at a time and getting baptized, following Jesus, trying to work out what that uh, looks like. And then you've got the, this uh, situation that arises in the local, uh, in sort of this early church. Because you can imagine with such rapid growth, like if next week we saw 3,000 people here, we have not got the like, leadership potent, like, capacity or like, know-how to sort that out. Like, you're just going to get problems. Like, people are going to be left out. People are going to uh, like, not get their needs looked uh, after. It's just like, man, that is mental. And that is, that's what was happening here um, in Acts chapter 6. They were, um, they'd seen a huge outbreak of uh, salvations, um, but there were some practical needs that were not being met. So let's pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 6. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So you've got these two types of Jews um, and basically some were being uh, overlooked in this daily distribution of food. Verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. 
Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit, sorry, full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. I mean, that's uh, an achievement in and of itself. Everyone was happy. Uh, This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So you've got the daily distribution of the food. The elders are getting drawn away from preaching God's word and praying for the church. And um, you might get this sense in, in there of like, are the el- do the elders think like they're more important than everyone else? Like, come on, let, not to get our hands dirty with that. We're, we're focusing on this other, other stuff. Not at all. Like, it's, it's not uh, to do with that. Um, it was important that the widows were looked after, that the church were looked after. That was a really important uh, job, and that was a good job for the deacons to be doing. For the elders, like, if they're neglecting the ministry of the word and prayer, then the church is going to suffer as a result of that. And in essence, if we all, we all have roles to play, we all have gifts to play. If we don't use the gifts that God's given us and play the roles that God has given us, then the church suffers. So really what's, what's happening is here is getting everyone in the right position to serve the church, to see the, the, the growth of the church continue so that, pe- so that the gospel and our witness is not hampered as we move forward. So um, preaching of the God's word and praying is obviously important. Make sure that the widows are fed um, is important. Uh, you get this, verse 7, it then says, So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So there's a wonderful, like this, uh, the elders decide to appoint deacons. It's all good to the church. They then lay hands on them, and then there's growth in the church. Like this fruitfulness as a result of it. This is a, a great moment in the uh, life of the church. Now, you might think, okay, Acts 6, okay, we can understand a bit about what a deacon is to do, uh, but it does say to choose um, seven men from among you. So, valid to ask the question, like, are deacons just to be men? So, I'll try and answer that. Uh, Romans 16, verse 1. So, there, Paul, we're obviously coming to this, hopefully, in a few weeks' time as we conclude our series in Romans, and Paul uh, gives a huge list of his co-workers, co-laborers, people that have been absolutely essential to seeing the gospel bear fruit in towns, cities, villages, all across the known uh, world. And so he's now naming people like that he just couldn't have done this without, like he co-labored with, co-worked with. And right at the top of the list, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sencre. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church. Okay, right at the top of his mind, the first person that comes to mind as he's writing uh, Romans or dictating Romans to be written. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon. So this this generic word of servant is used here um, for Phoebe, a lady. So we would... 
we would say, look, looking at scriptures, looking at Acts 6, Romans 6, okay, there's this dynamic of men and women serving within this role of deacon, this sort of specific role um, that goes beyond just general service. Come with me now to 1 Timothy 3. also says in uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 1, to all God's holy people together with the overseers and deacons. There's this sense of as the church is growing within the um, early days that um, that there needed to be appointment of elders and there needs to be appoint- appointment of deacons and there needed to be the church as a whole working like a body so that we serve and build one another up. And as all those things are happening, um, the, the church flourishes and is fruitful. Okay, 1 Timothy 3. So here you've got uh, qualifications for overseers. So we might call them elders or pastors, um, overseers of the church. So those are the first uh, number of verses. It then picks up um, in verse 8 some of the qualifications for uh, deacons. And as we unpack it, as we look at it, uh, you'll notice that the qualifications are character-driven stuff. Like we're looking for people of good character. That's what the Bible encourages to do. It's the same for elders looking for people of good character. The only really thing that they must be able to do beyond their character for elders is to teach. Um, that's one that's not mentioned for deacons, but it's not to say that a deacon doesn't have the gift of teaching, but it's, it's just distinguished um, in that essence and not mentioned um, here. So verse 8, uh, if we read that. So in the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect. Sincere, not indulging in much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So here we've got qualifications for eldership, as I say, largely character uh, qualifications for, an, for, for a deacon. Um, <laughs> Golly. Um, so th- these verses are actually quite complicated. Like if you go back and, and read them, the, the structure seems to be slightly convoluted. It's like seems to be talking about men in one place, women in another place. or uh, And there's this d- debate really about whether um, they're in verse um, 11. Is that talking about the wives of male deacons? Um, so there is debate about like are deacons just to be... Uh, male, or are they to be uh, women as well? Who are these qualifications uh, referring to? Um, I just want to give three reasons why like, I would think that this, this is referring like um, qualifications for men and then qualifications for women who are serving as deacons. Um, in verse 11, it uses the word gynecus, the Greek word, um, and in most, uh, really eight of the, t- uh, sorry, in most of the eight times where that word occurs, um, in 1 Timothy, it is referring to women, not wives. So that's one thing. Um, there, are, um, there are no qualifications for elders' wives in the preceding passage, and you would expect that if there are qualifications for deacons' wives, 
that there would also be qualifications for elders' wives. So that's another thing to consider. Um, there's also, like I'm not good on grammar, but I look this up. There's no possessive modifier. So by that, it just means that it doesn't say it's that they are their wives. So give some qualifications for male deacons and then say their wives. Okay? Or should also be like this. So there's, there's, that's not in there. So those are just a few, few things. I'd encourage you to read it. Um, I think if you're to read it as as uh, men and women serving as deacons, um, then you'd look at verses 8 to 10 as uh, general qualifications for what we might call deacons and deaconesses, verse 11 qualifications specifically for deaconesses, verse 12 then for deacons, so men, and then verse 13 as a general uh, note to, to finish it off. But the key is men, we would say men and women of good character, really great uh, character. We've come up with four, um, before we do lay our hands on and pray for Liz, because we want to honor her and release her into um, this role, and this is the really what we sense as, um, well, I'll, I'll come to Liz in a minute, <laughs> not get ahead of myself. We've come up with four R's just to help us understand, really just cement and um, in a succinct way just say, look, from those scriptures, what are we talking about? So first of all, we're talking about releasing elders to ministry of the word and prayer. We're talking about releasing more body ministry as well. Secondly, we're talking about them being responsible to the elders. So they are directly overseen by the elders. They're functioning in a, in a defined role as well. So they have a specific job that they fulfill within the life of the church. And also they're recognized and known by the church as a whole. So those are four R's, which I think are quite helpful just for defining things uh, a little bit. If you have any questions about it, um, maybe you might be from different church backgrounds that um, use the word, you, like have deacons, and you might think, oh, that what you've said there is different to how I understood deacons to be, um, uh, or your you know, previous experience might be different. Like, come and chat to us. We'd love to, you know, happily chat through the scriptures, just explain how we're interpreting those and, and using those moving forwards. Okay. Is that all right? Great. Okay. Um, Liz, do you want to come up? And <laughs> Should we welcome Liz? Come on. Okay. You Okay. Great. Um, so, obviously, as we were talking about deacons as elders, we then obviously had to get to the point where we started thinking, okay, who are we going to uh, ask? Who are we going to approach? And um, Liz, you're at the top of the list. Like, you just, like, we just, we, we really want to honor you now. We, we love you. We, you're such a faithful servant to the church, isn't she? Yeah like faithful servant, and you have been faithfully serving for years, you know, like as long as I've known you, just faithfully serving week in, week out. You never complain, you get on, you serve, you, uh, you're uh, just wonderfully faithful. And um, one of the reasons that we started um, or we employed or asked Liz, like, would you consider working a day a week uh, for the church, basically to be released, uh, was because we recognized that she was serving in a deacon role already. 
Like we were like, gosh, man, we need to release you um, into this so that you're, um, you've got time, energy to be able to, to do, uh, do service, uh, you know, do that service well. Um, but we, yeah, we want to honour you. You've obviously served in many areas. Um, I'm sure you can name them all. I mean, um, we've been obviously at City West ten, so ten years next Easter. Okay, man, ten years. We were ten years younger when we started, man. But you were there at the start, right? Yeah. So been part of the journey, like, and we've loved serving alongside you, being part of team uh, together. Uh, you know, a lot of the fruit that we're enjoying here is because you know of your faithful service. So, thank you. No, come on, we love you. So, um, yeah. One of the other things we want to mention is that to enable Liz to uh, serve in this role and to, to give her all to it, is that we felt as a team that it, this was a good time for Liz to step down from leading the Spark. Okay. Now, you might think, um, man, Spark is booming. Last week, there were 14 kids in the Spark. That's a lot of kids in that room, isn't it? Like... Um, <laughs> yeah, now I've not served in the kids' work, so that, but you've told me that's a lot, and I trust you. Uh, but that man, that is a lot, and we've seen like kids from the community come along, which is fantastic. Um, we've seen people uh, drawn into that. I know lots of you serve in faithfully um, in that area, and um, Liz has served faith in that area for many years. So you might think that man, this is a bad time to be asking Liz to, you know. Focus on something different. But we sense God's hands on this, hand totally on this. We trust that God is going to uh, provide where there um, is a gap. Uh, we would love to say, look, we, we want to keep our foot on the gas in terms of kids' work. We want to keep praying into it, giving into it. Uh, we want to call you guys, like, if you want to serve in that area to, to come and chat to us, uh, we would love to integrate you into the kids' work. We see a bright future for that, that it just keeps growing. Uh, we're looking, we're actually just looking this morning at maybe moving the spark into a much bigger room, uh, the canteen at the end of the corridor, uh, just to make room for growth. You know, because we, we don't want to just settle for 14 in that room and think, nah, we can't grow. No, we want to think, ne you know, next steps, what what we believe in God for next. So, um, yeah, so Liz will be stepping down. If you want to, uh, you know, if you feel a sense of faith, like I want to be involved, I want to lead, you know, talk to us. Like, we would love to hear uh, from you. Um, yeah, was that enough for the like, in terms of the kids? I'm just trying to think if I've missed anything, but. Um, great. Okay. So in Acts um, chapter 6, it talks about laying hands upon deacons. And uh, like um, in the Bible, you see that back in Numbers where Moses lays hands on Joshua and commissions him for the work uh, that he was to do. The Israelites um, laid hands on leaders to commission them into the work that they um, are to do. And it's, uh, it's, it's great to have the opportunity really to lay our hands on Liz. Um, what we're doing really is commissioning her into a role that she's already doing, okay? So what we're not saying is that Liz has to do anything more, okay? <laughs> and there's probably not a week that goes by that I tell you that, is there? Um, because we, it, she's been serving so faithfully in it. But we, we want to mark this moment. We want to commission you. Um, so, I mean, if you love Liz, why don't you... I know you all love Liz. If you, want, if you feel a sense of faith, you want to come and lay your hands on Liz, you know, as we church family together, why don't you come up now? Should we all stand um, if, um, if you can? 
Um, so we're just going to like we're just going to pray for her, basically. Going to lay our hands on her and uh, pray for her. Do um, if you get a sense of God speaking to you um, from God's word or anything prophetic in terms of direction or uh, an encouragement for Liz, then please do share that. Um, and uh, yeah, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the one who provides everything that the church needs. You're the one who gifts the church with wonderful, wonderful things and people. And uh, we thank you for Liz. We thank you so much for the faithful way that she has served uh, you and us over many, many years. And we do pray you'd bless her in that, Lord Jesus. We love her so much and we want her to be blessed in her serving. Uh, we pray you'd bless her because of her faithfulness in serving you. Uh, Jesus, and we pray that this next season would be one of incredible fruitfulness, Lord Jesus, for her personally, Jesus, in her own personal life, but also in the church, of great fruitfulness, Jesus, of peace in her heart and mind, Jesus, and fruitfulness as she serves in various areas um, as part of the church here, Lord Jesus. We do pray, bless her in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that where you call, you equip, Lord. And yeah, we just, um, yeah, we want to mark this moment right now with Liz and just, yeah, pray and trust that you will continue to equip Liz um, into all that you've called her into. And Lord, I just want to pray for a real fresh sense of your calling and upon Liz and your delight in her that that she would just experience such a rich sense um, of your, yeah, your, just your fatherly delight over her, your um yeah, just how much you are with her and everything that she's doing, Lord, and that she would, um, yeah, just have that real sense of wanting to play, pray a really rich blessing over you, Liz, as you step out into, well, continuing what you've already been doing. But as we just mark this moment, Lord, would it, yeah, be a season of real encouragement um, and, yeah, like Paul said, just wonderful fruit, I pray. Liz, we... we um we, we're so encouraged by you. You always, always do us good. And Father, we just pray for her now and, and thank you for this moment of just honoring her. And uh, the Lord just reminded me of this verse over you. The Lord God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Sorry. <laughs> we know that you are exalting over her, Lord. You delight in her. And I just pray she'd know that more and more. Amen. Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to come upon Liz to anoint her for this service. Uh, the, the, the deacons who were chosen in uh, Act 6 were men who were uh, full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And we pray for that for Liz, that she w would know that... Uh, in, in filling with the Holy Spirit, that, that overflowing with the Holy Spirit, that as we see her ministering here, uh, working in different ways to serve the church, we'd recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in her and through her. Father, anoint her, we pray for this now, in the, num the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, Liz, I just have a picture of um, 
bells of a village church just ringing out. And when that happens, it's often because of a celebration like a wedding happening. Um, it often draws people in. It often um, creates conversation as well about the church and about what's happening. And it just creates so much joy um, in the whole surrounding area of that church. And I just have a real sense that you are... <laughs> the bells of City West, um, that you, um, in your serving and in the way that you serve as well with your joy and your strength, um, you bring out the bells of City West and that makes such a massive impact on uh, the body of, of the church who are, you know, in church, but also the surrounding area of, of West Earlham. So Jesus, I thank you um, for Liz stepping into this role of uh, being a deacon and I just pray for her um, to be equipped with the wisdom and the strength that she needs to carry out um, how you want her to be a servant. And Jesus, I pray for um, the burden to feel, feel light, Jesus. It's, it's not a heavy burden, God. Um, and Jesus, I just pray for this continuation of, of joy and, and the serving that Liz does. Amen. Yeah, Lord, thank you for this uh, faithful, godly woman and friend. Um, been an absolute pleasure getting to know you, Liz, over the past sort of six or seven years. Um, you've been such a dear, dear friend to me and Sarah, um, and I'm sure you'll be a dear, dear friend to Moses as well. Um, so I just want to thank you, really, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful woman, and, and you serve so faithfully, and you're such a good example to us. In Colossians, it says, do all things in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Father through him. And I just think you're, you just do that, Liz. So continue doing that. Just continue doing what you're already doing. Um, and I just pray, like Stephen, whose face shone mm. so brightly, because he, he was doing that. He was putting first Christ, and he was looking to, to, to Christ in all things, even, in, in, even in, in the most dire of situations, he looked to Christ, and his face shone. And I think your face shines, Liz, mm. and I pray that it will continue to shine, and it will shine all the more brighter. I pray this in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Bless you, Liz. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, what a great opportunity. Really like marker in the sand um, we are obviously part of a, well we are part of a church that meets in multiple locations so um, at city center they're appointing uh, deacons obviously there and we just sense uh, like this is the beginning really of what God has amongst us for for deacons so we'll obviously keep praying and um, keep sensing like God what what are you doing amongst us how are you uh, drawing people through and and so really hopefully Liz is just the beginning but um, we just want to say just you guys serve so faithfully, like all of you, so faithfully, week in, week out. I know it's often hard work. <laughs> you know, we, we are growing, which is fantastic by God's grace, but it's, it's a lot of hard work. So I just want to say, well done. Uh, keep up the good work. You guys serve so faithfully, and we, uh, we thank you um, for that. Okay.